It was supposed to be a quick trip, a smash and grab of the summit. Mount Marcus Baker had been on our tick list for years. My climbing partners, Sean and Ben, we'd been on many adventures together, many expeditions for, so this hadn't, wasn't our first rodeo. Our buddy Connor flew us in on Friday. Bluebird day, not a breath of wind, with a scheduled pickup for Sunday morning. We were so stoked to take advantage of the weather window. Well, that weather window ended up slamming shut on us. We began rationing food immediately. Before long, our tent was shredded. The wind was blowing upwards of 80 miles an hour, and the snow was falling faster than any of us had ever seen it fall. We dug a snow cave and said goodbye to our tent and most of our gear and hunkered in. We had an inReach, which is a satellite texting device, which turned out to be our lifeline to the rest of the world. We hit the oh shit button. That sent the rescue coordination into motion. Days passed, the storm grew and so did our desperation. We were shoveling for 24 hours a day, just trying to maintain our one exit, our one air hole to our snow cave. We were taking 30 minute shifts and rapidly depleting ourselves since we were only down to 500 calories of food a day. When we first moved into the snow cave, we could at least sit up, maybe move around a little bit. Well, with each shift change, snow would come barreling down the, what was now rapidly becoming a tube and was slowly filling in the floor of our snow cave. So now the snow cave ceiling was about a foot and a half from our faces. We couldn't sit up, couldn't change position. It was pitch black. It was beginning to feel more and more like a tomb. Our breath was labored and choking since there was a lack of oxygen. And we were all terrified of accidentally falling asleep and suffocating. We couldn't light the stove to melt snow for water, so we began sucking water moisture out of the snow cave walls just to get anything, any bit of moisture. We could feel ourselves getting weaker mentally and physically. By Wednesday, the storm was raging. And there was a particular low point that I remember extremely vividly. It was my shift, I was outside shoveling. The snow was whipping around my face. Wind was raging. You couldn't see too far, maybe a foot in front of you, just enough to see where you were shoveling to maintain this air hole. You couldn't wander too far, otherwise you'd be lost, probably never to come back. And I remember we had a bag that we set over the opening of our snow cave, this hole. And I removed the bag and was looking down on Sean and Ben at this point, who are now eight feet below me. And I remember screaming, over the roar of the wind. What the fuck do I do? I, I can't shovel fast enough. And they looked up at me and screamed back, I, I don't know. They put the bag 
back on the snow cave entrance and, and sat down in the snow. If I sat there, my friends were going to die. They were going to be sealed in this tomb underneath the snow forever. I was going to die. We sent a panic text to our buddy Connor and my husband Josh and the rescue coordination group. Any suggestions? Anything? What do we do? We're being buried alive out here. The snow at that point was piling up at six inches a minute. We were, I was starting to lose faith that we were going to make it. Deep underneath the surface of the snow, we kept each other alive in our dog pile, fighting off hypothermia and keeping each other warm. When one of us would lose it, the other two would build them back up. It's okay, we're gonna make it through this. You got this, we're doing great, we're gonna, we're gonna make it. And as a team, we functioned like a well-oiled machine. No conclusion was reached without all of our input. We never fought, we never quarreled, we never snapped at each other, even when it was at the most dire. When our gear failed, when we were soaking wet, we shared our clothes, we shared gloves, our sleeping bags, our body warmth. Thursday finally dawned. We could see light filtering down from this top of a snow cave opening, which was now 12 feet above our heads. We had made it through one more night. We had given it everything we had, and we'd made it to see one more day. One more day closer to seeing our loved ones. One more day to getting the fuck out of there. We crafted a text message to send to our rescue group that we were alive. Send help, Ben shitting in the snow cave. <laughs> the National Guard had been trying to get into us for days at that point. C-130s and pavehawks were almost constantly in the air, trying to find any weather opening to drop a team of PJs and gear but the storm was so big, the closest they could get was eight miles below and 5,000 feet below us. They couldn't even make it to the toe of a glacier. Our loved ones were in contact with us over the text message, hoping for any bit of good news, but really fearing for the worst. And finally, after one week, Friday morning, we heard the whoomph of chopper blades. The pararescue group and this helicopter crew landed and loaded us onto the helicopter. We were severely dehydrated, hungry, extremely tired, and we collapsed on the floor. Between the three of us, we had lost 40 pounds. As we get on the helicopter and we're sitting there, the rescue crew is pulling candy bars, liters of water, anything that fit in their pockets that was food and throwing it in front of us. 
I even remember a cluster of grapes made it into the pile. And as we flew back to Anchorage, tears of relief in our eyes, and this mountain of food in front of us, we made sure to divide every single piece into three pieces to feed each other. (laughs) And I'll leave you with this one last twist to the story. That day, that Friday, the PJs didn't rescue three people. They actually rescued four. On Saturday, the day after our airlift, my husband and I found out I was actually seven weeks pregnant. Our healthy baby boy is due next month. Thank you.